0: I'm gonna need a cleanup on aisle three, I repeat, uh, cleanup on aisle three, someone has spilled podcast everywhere.
1: Itch manners. And I'm your
0: husband host, Travis McElroy.
1: And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions, hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I well, think I'm all right.
0: Yeah, we're on the mend. Yeah. Uh, we all got sick post-New York Comic Con. Listen, we had uh, just a real great time.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: thank you again to everybody who came out, but...
1: But I believe that they call it the crud.
0: Yes, the con crud. Um, I was sick. Teresa was sick, and Bibi was sick. It was, oh. oh gosh! And I tell you, I tell you, oh gosh! The the uh the baby doesn't care when you're sick. Nope. No, oh goodness. I meant to say oh goodness, and I think I also tried to say oh gosh, and it came out as oh gosh <laughs> And I'm so sorry for that, Listen, everybody. I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah, babies, when you're sick,
1: they don't care. She does not care.
0: Um. But we're back now. We hope you enjoyed part one of uh, our our episode from London Podcast Festival about Jen. Uh, Part two will be coming up soon, maybe next week. We'll see how we all feel. Uh, (laughs) But here we are. We're going to talk about uh, a different topic this week, the thing that we promised you last week. We're going to talk, and listen, this is near and dear to my heart. Uh, We're going to talk about grocery stores. And here's the thing. I feel like I have a little bit of expertise here. Because I have shopped at grocery stores. Oh,
1: you have. have yeah, you? I,
0: I have, and I would. You know what? I am gonna say it. I think I am super good at it.
1: Oh, tell us about your uh, grocery shopping experience. Here is the thing:
0: I don't like to go in with a list if I can help it, unless like I am, su- unless I am specifically making like a dish or like baking or something where I know I need specific things, and instead I prefer a much more. Um, I don't know, ephemeral, a much more spiritual journey through. I start at one side, at the beginning of one aisle, and you know, I just kind of zigzag my way through the aisles and I let the food speak to me. And often I say out loud, Yeah, I'll eat this. <laughs> and then I put it into the cart. And I will say, um, speaking of BB, she is an absolute delight to go grocery shopping with because she is somebody very... knock
1: on some wood. Oh my gosh. Yes,
0: I know. She's very restrained. Like, and also the stuff that she likes is like fruit. She's so, happy
1: to go for the ride most yeah, of the time. Yeah, she's just
0: like sitting in the cart and she likes picking things out. But anyways, we're talking about grocery um, stores.
1: You didn't ask me about my grocery oh, store Oh, yes, experience. of course.
0: Your grocery shopping experience.
1: So everything that Travis just said, the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Because I like to go in with a list. I like to go get what I want and get out. I actually try to avoid going through the aisles of dry goods, and I usually just stick to the perimeter to get what I need.
0: Here's the thing I see the strong suit, I see the strength in yours, right? Because it means you don't end up with food you don't need. But the strength of mine is you end up with stuff you didn't know you needed, and then you see it, and you're like, one, either, oh, yeah, we are out of that, or like, Ah, a jar of chimichurri sauce, sure. And then you get it and you use it, and it's really good. Um, but I will say that we have previously talked about like retail experiences, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and even though I don't know that everyone will think of it this way, I'm going to say that I think that um grocery stores definitely fall into the retail experience category.
1: Sure, I sure. think
0: people think differently because it's like instead of TVs, it's like you know apples or whatever, but. I'm going to call this in when I put up the title, you know, retail, whatever, grocery stores.
1: Okay. well, so a little bit of background about the, quote, grocery store or the supermarket as I am going there in our, you know, daily lives. I would say that that now these two terms are interchangeable. Um, But before what would happen was if you lived in the city Um, you had the grocery, which was usually dry goods, Mm -hmm. shelf stable things. Um, you know, rice, flour, uh, pickled items, things like this. Yes. Um, and then you had the green grocers, which was the fruits and vegetables. Then you had the bakery, ovs, and then you had the butcher. So then you
0: had the candlestick maker. Okay. Okay.
1: Um, and these were usually located quite close just for the, the convenience of it, you know. Um, but if you lived out in the rural areas, you were responsible for a lot more of your food, um, because sure, there might be a market to go to, but it could be, you know, an all-day thing, um, and not to say that there weren't other ways of getting the things you needed. There were, you know, mail order catalogs. Or you did it
0: yourself. You did
1: it yourself. If you were, you know, accomplished, you could salt things, pickle things, dry things, stuff like that. But then, as far as, like, fresh produce, I don't think that we can talk about the supermarket slash grocery without talking about the refrigerator a little bit. Uh Uh-huh. Um... Ice boxes in general had been around since like the 1910s um, in the way that we think of like the actual kind of, you know, a tin lined box with the ice at the top and a drip pan underneath and things like that. But before that, um, sometimes you stored things underground in like a cellar or even if it was cool enough outside it was your your walk-in refrigerator was the back door
0: that's the thing that you see a lot we we whenever we go to places the first thing we do is like look for old buildings or old whatever we love them and every time uh like when we were in london and when we were in scotland for our honeymoon and stuff we like to visit castles and in them there are like kind of these cold cellars right where they Mm -hmm. dig them down Yep. Until they get to where it's cold and you don't get the heat from the sun and then they keep food down there. It's not like, you know, thirty degrees or whatever, but it's cooler than it room is, temperature. It
1: is chilled. Yeah. Um, and of course there was always if you had um an ice supply nearby, you could make your own kind of cooler ice box area. Um, but the refrigerator closest to we know now the Freon refrigerator um really wasn't invented by frigidaire until the ni- until ni- 1923 okay so before that like i said you had to be pretty accomplished as how you were going to keep things or you just had to go on almost a daily maybe Every other, maybe weekly for some things, shop.
0: Well, and as you said, I mean, a lot of that shelf-stable stuff, like if you think about, like, for example, potatoes, you don't have to put in a refrigerator. Rice, you don't have to put in, like, those kinds of things. And so then when you're talking about, like, green vegetables or meat, you kind of – got it as you needed it. Yeah.
1: I mean, like I said, unless you could dry it or <laughs> spice it or smoke it or pickle it or you know, things like that. And and people were pretty good at that kind of stuff. I mean, I guess if you if you weren't weren't too concerned about foodborne illness, if you make a roast turkey on Sunday, you can make turkey sandwiches the next day and then mm-hmm. turkey soup the next day and hopefully you use it all up before it goes bad. Um so then so we have the the green grocers, we have the butcher, the the bakery and then the uh, regular grocery. But still the way that these things worked would be a little more wouldn't be very familiar to us until about the 1930s. Um, when when the first Piggly Wiggly was huh. opened, I know. <laughs> You do recognize that, don't Piggly you? Piggly
0: Wiggly was the first? Mm-hmm. You did it, Piggly Wiggly. In
1: 1936.
0: I'm not saying that Piggly Wiggly is the funniest name for a market, but it's up there. It's I, up there. I think you would be hard-pressed to come up with something that is both fun to say
1: and conjures such a funny image. Like a Wiggly pig? That's so good. Well, so until this time... Um, It was largely counter service. You went with your list to an employee, handed it to them, and they went around and picked the things. Um, And then what happened was because of the way that people wanted, you know, they they wanted more selection, maybe wanted different things. They wanted control. They wanted a little more control. The Piggly Wiggly... Um, started letting you do your own shopping but still it looked kind of like like an amusement park queue right so they had the shelves that were lined like like an amusement park queue with like ropes to make you go one way snake kind of through and around and then pass the counter to pay as
0: it should be
1: (laughs) It was not this freewheeling, go any way you want to grocery store experience. God, that sounds
0: so much better. Listen, I know that, like, I don't mean it's better in that, like, I probably would get frustrated if I was like, oh, wait, I forgot something. Oh, no, it's all the way back to the beginning. But the idea of, like, oh, we'll talk more later. We're going to talk about cart etiquette a lot. I have strong feelings.
1: Well, and here is where I think we need to talk about grocery carts.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: Um, Again... This is something that was not really available until this, uh, this customer-focused shop started going uh, because you would have either like a small wooden or a wire basket even. You know, we have those today, mostly plastic. Um, but once people's baskets were full, they'd go and you'd check out. Well, Sylvan Goldman, who uh-huh. is the owner of the Piggly Wiggly chain, well, was. <laughs> He's probably dead now. But What a great name. See? So, oh, that's a great name for Piglet. Oh, A
0: lot of good names a here. A lot of good
1: names here. Um, is credited with also inventing the grocery trolley or the grocery chart, cart.
0: Okay. So, I would like to share with you now my strong feelings about grocery cart etiquette. Okay. One. We had a question. I'm going to see if I can find it now. But we had a question where somebody asked, like...
1: You're going terrifically out of order here.
0: I know. But, like, you're bringing it up. So, I'm going to say... Um, because lots of people ask questions about like who has the right of way and like this. I think that you should do very much like, uh, at least here in America, here in the U S the road, you know, you drive on the right and mm-hmm. you can kind of pass, uh, on the left if you need to. But this is the most important thing. Cause this is the thing that I see people break this rule all the time. Don't park your cart on one side And then step over to the other side to look. Because Mm. then you and your cart are taking up the whole aisle. Right. You want to have your cart on the same side of the aisle as you, right beside you. And don't stop your cart right next to where someone else has stopped their cart. Or then once again, you are both blocking the whole aisle. Sounds good. That to me is the thing that is most frustrating to me, how often I see people... Who have stopped their carts either side by side or they stopped their cart and then crossed to the other side of the aisle to look and pick out a thing
1: Can you believe that when these carts were first introduced, though they needed some encouragement to get people to use them um, according to one account, men were too proud to admit that they didn't want that they needed help carrying food, and uh-huh. women were cited as saying. That they had pushed enough baby buggies that they don't want to use one for shopping, too.
0: Now, I don't know if it is because I am a man, but I will say that I not anymore, not now that like I'm an adult who is buying food for like multiple people in the house. But I remember for a long time I'd go in and be like, I'd have to go back to get a cart to put my stuff in. You know what I mean? Like I'd walk in and be like, I'm fine. I've got it. I'll juggle it, I guess. I don't know why, but I, maybe it is because I'm a man. Oh, no. Society's
1: expectations are weighing heavily oh, on you. no. Anyway, um, so what Goldman did, uh, the legend goes, is that he hired attractive people to just push the carts around and pretend to shop. And so when they would be handing out these carts, because there usually was an attendant handing out carts, um, then when people declined them, it would be like, well, why not? Those people are using it. And the peer pressure.
0: It worked. worked. Here's here's uh, another thing I would say on carts um, before we move on, is when you are done with your cart, return it either to the store if there is no cart corral area or to the cart corral. Do not just leave it in the parking lot. And this is for many reasons. One, people have to go out and get those carts. So I've had to do it before at various jobs that I've worked. But also, it's dangerous, and I'm sure we've talked about this before, but don't leave your carts just like loose in the parking lot. It is it is a dangerous um and and just put it back in the
1: cart. It corral. also um Contributes to higher grocery prices because those carts are like a hundred bucks each.
0: And that's the thing, like, that's why I like Aldi. I don't know, maybe there are bad things about Aldi, but there are many things I like about Aldi. And one of them is, like, if you want to get a cart, you got to put a quarter in. And if you want to get your quarter back, you got to put the cart back. Yep. And for a quarter, it is amazing the lengths I will go to to get that (laughs) quarter back.
1: And finally, I think that if you traveled back in time to the end of World War II, that is when we would absolutely recognize the supermarket um, of the time. So with the shopping carts, with the self-service, with all the different little kind of areas of the bakery and the um, dry goods and the butcher and all that kind of stuff, um, because... People not only were moving away from city centers, they expected the convenience of the city to come with them to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. You know, that that G.I. American dream of a house and a yard and a car and a refrigerator. Um, the the kind of modern ideal was you went shopping closer to once a week. Um, and even though your milk was still being delivered, ice delivery at that point was pretty non-existent because mm. of the, the modern conveniences located in in the kitchens of Americans.
0: So we have lots and lots of questions, as you might imagine, that we will give you advice on. But first, we'd like to give a few uh, thank you notes to our sponsors.
1: Schmanners This Week is sponsored in part by Sunbasket. So you can fuel your body without having to do a ton of work with easy to prepare meal kit delivery from sunbasket.: We now, just
0: had one last night. We
1: did have one last night, and I really liked. You actually mentioned this. You were like, "I seem to be done with dinner earlier than usual." Yeah. That's because a lot of these uh, sunbask meal. Sun meals can be made in as little as 15 minutes.
0: I also, um, and this is just a little thing, but I think it's really nice and cute. In the instructions, there's a specific section that says kids can help with blank. And it's set, like there's little like kids can help measure this or kids can help stir this. And it's just fun. We have this little like kitchen stand thing for BB to stand at the counter with me. I don't let her chop the vegetables or anything. But <laughs> Not like, yet. She can stir stuff. Wait uh, until she's yeah. three. And like that's really fun. But also the thing we had last night was like steaks with this kind of um, anchovy like parsley sauce and like roasted broccoli. And it was just it was really good. It, it was I good. really enjoyed it.
1: Um, and Sunbasket Basket makes sure that they ship fresh and mostly organic and responsibly raised meats and seafood directly to the, your door. And speaking of the meals, there are so many recipes to choose from. You have options for paleo, gluten-free, uh, something they're calling lean and clean, vegan, diabetes-friendly. I mean, the list just goes on and on. Um, so... For our listeners, you can get $35 off your first order at Sunbasket if you go to sunbasket.com slash schmanners. Once again, that's sunbasket.com slash schmanners for $35 off. sunbasket.com slash schmanners.
0: I would like to give a thank you note to Squarespace. And listen, I know we've talked about Squarespace before, and I know we've talked about Buttercup is a very good girl.com before. But the thing is, I love Squarespace. Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website that you're proud of, a website that you can use to showcase your work. Or or your dog. Or your dog. Or publish content or, like, write a blog or sell products and services of all kinds because they have powerful e-commerce functionality. Like, ah. Websites also, sure have come a long way. Everybody. I know. I
1: also like that I can go to com on my mobile.
0: Yes, and use your phone without any fancy things. Um, and it's customizable templates make it not only easy to use, but fun and beautiful. And it's got built in search engine optimization and analytics and 24 7 award winning customer support. And I'll tell you this you don't need to know anything about like coding or anything to build Travis, your own website.
1: Do you know anything about coding? I
0: do not. At and you've all. built
1: several websites at this point. That's correct.
0: I know nothing and I have built websites. <laughs> you heard it from me. So go to squarespace.com slash for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SchManners to save ten percent off your first purchase of a website or domain.
1: If Travis can do it, you can too.
0: That's their official slogan. That seems mean, but okay, Squarespace, (laughs) I expect some kind of commission.
1: Is there a
0: dog in a car at a bar on the street? Yay!
1: I'm Alec Baringo, a small dog owner. My dog Pistachio howls when she's excited. And I'm Renee Culvert, a big dog owner. My dog Tugboat tips over when he's sleepy. And we co-host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog that airs every Tuesday. We bring you all things dog. Yes, dog news, dog tech, dogs we met this week. We also have pretty famous guests on Butt Legs. We're not gonna let them talk about their projects. No. Just wanna hear about those dogs. We don't wanna hear about your stuff, only your dogs. So join us every Tuesday on Max Fun.
0: I listen to reading glasses
1: because Bria and Mallory have great tips. You're a comics reader and you wanna use a library connected app, you can try out Hoopla. I listen for the author interviews.
0: I'm mad at myself that I waited as long as I did to start reading Joan Didion. They give me reading advice I didn't even know I needed.
1: If you go in person to an event and go up to an author or a filmmaker or anybody and tell them what they, you don't like about their work, you're a trash baby. I, look, I understand you didn't like Heroes Season 3. That's fine. <laughs> I like, I don't actually need to know that information. I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Meara. We're Reading Glasses and we solve all your bookish problems every Thursday on Maximum Fun.
0: Okay, this question is from Nerd Piggy, and I will say of all the questions we got, and there were many, we got this one in probably like half of the questions we got were this question in some different form or another. Is it okay to open a package slash bottle before paying for it, as long as the weight of it doesn't factor into cost? I've seen people doing this, especially with water bottles. We also got asked about like sampl- sampling. The fruit before you buy it or like if you're hungry i will say but before Teresa even gets a chance to answer no don't do this and i'll tell you why we should treat grocery stores like retail shops right and i've worked many retail stores and the fact of the matter is you may have every intention of still paying for it but like That doesn't mean everybody does. And that doesn't mean that it's just one of those things where this is not about your specific intention or what you feel you're going to do with it. This is as a greater rule, you should not open products in stores before you've paid for it. Because look at it this way. What if you take a drink of it and you're like, oh, actually, I don't like this. Are you still going to pay for it? You might, but there will probably be people who wouldn't. And like that's just not okay. Um,
1: um can I can I tell you? I have done this. <gasps> and I've only done it recently when I have a toddler with me. Um, because sometimes those goldfish just look too good. With- and BB must have. And so I have on occasion opened something for her to eat while we shop.
0: Listen, here's the thing about this show Is when we give advice Are there circumstances in which you could do this? Yes, absolutely Have I probably done it at some point in my life? Yes, definitely But the thing is, is like If you're asking me, is it okay? That's me, that sounds to me like Is it okay to do this all the time? No, no But, is there a circumstance in which I could see this being necessary to do? Yes, does it like if you do this, am I going to send you to prison? <laughs> no, but I think that it's the kind of thing of like only like break glass in case of emergency kind of deal. Not Great. like, yeah, go ahead and start snacking as you walk through.
1: So as as a an offering, let me suggest that um, do you if you find you need a drink while shopping, go and pay for that drink and they can sometimes put a little sticker on it to let everybody know you've already paid for it. Um, and absolutely, yes, pay for the things that you have opened. And I would say mm, probably not fresh produce. Yeah. Just because it it's a real bad look. Um, and if it isn't ripe, you're going to have to buy it even though it's not ripe.
0: Yeah. This is the thing. It's like... I know it's trickier. And then you have to
1: buy it and you can't even eat it.
0: That's the thing is I know that this is tricky because, like, if you bought a TV and you got it home and opened it and it was broken, you could return the TV. But if you buy a bunch of grapes and you take it home and, like, they're bad, you could return it. I have seen people return food at a grocery store before. You can.
1: I have actually done it.
0: But I know that, like, it's a lot harder to motivate yourself to do that. Yes. But, like...
1: You really need the fuel of anger to do right.
0: it. <laughs> I, I think that if you're asking me nine times out of ten, is it okay to do it? No. This question is from Shelby. The thing where you're looking for something on the shelf and when you locate it, there's someone in the way. Excuse me should suffice, but I've been in situations where it didn't and needed to repeat myself several times. Do I just stand there? What is the best way to do this?
1: Um, I think that. Uh, Excuse me could mean like I'm behind you or 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 many different things. This is a a circumstance where I think you can say specifically, I need to grab that spaghetti sauce and I'll be out of your way.
0: I will also say that, listen, I'm a loud person. That should surprise no one. But still, there will be come times where saying like, excuse me or something to get someone's attention. I open my mouth to speak and I mean for it to come out as like a six out of 10.
1: <laughs> and it comes out as
0: like a one out of 10 for whatever reason. Like I open my mouth and it's just like, excuse me. and I'm like, it just gets stuck behind my teeth. So the question I would have Shelby is when you say, excuse me, are you doing it just as barely loud as you think? you <laughs> need? Are you saying like a six out of 10? Like, excuse me, because excuse me doesn't necessarily mean like you need to move. Like you were saying, yeah. it could also just be like, I am here and I'm grabbing this because it's a communal space. The grocery store is not a private thing for the person there. So you have just as every right to grab that as they do. You know, it's it. you just have to make sure that your presence is known, I would say. Don't spook them. You know?
1: <laughs> but like I said, I think it's important to be specific about what you need. Um, And to say, I'm going to grab the spaghetti sauce here and get on out or something like that so that people know what it is you're after.
0: This question is from Faith. If I grab something from the shelf and decide later on when I'm checking out that I don't want to purchase it anymore, is it rude to give it to the cashier? What do I do if I've already got the stuff scanned and can't go to put it back myself?
1: That's what they want you to do. Yes. Please do let the cashier know, I don't want this product anymore. What they don't want you to do is like stash it on a shelf somewhere. Right. Um, because, and, that, and even then, I yeah. will say,
0: as someone who has worked in a warehouse for a retail thing, even people with the best intentions will put stuff back in the wrong place.
1: Right, and we talked about this as far as like libraries go. Mm-hmm. Right, um, if you if you lose the place where the book is, it's better to give it to somebody who can put it back for you than it is to put it back in the wrong place. You mess up all kinds of things. You hide other um, other goods if you put the if you put say like a jar of I don't know why. Spaghetti keeps coming to mind. You like spaghetti. I like spaghetti. If you put a jar of salsa in with the spaghetti sauce, it's, you know, creates havoc. And here's the (laughs) thing
0: it really does. Once again, I will say we talked about like carts increasing grocery prices. So there's this thing, it's called loss, is the idea of it. And because it's not just like things getting stolen or broken, a lot of it is also like loss. And it's amazing. These this day with like um, computers and scanners and everything, how like specifically they have counts on stuff Mm -hmm. and say the system says you're supposed to have 20 cans of beans and you can only find 18. Then you got to count two of those as a loss. And that's like money the grocery store loses. And to make up for that, they have to increase the cost of things. And so trust me when I say that the people who do the merchandising and do the stocking want you to hand it to the cashier um this question is from brad when carts are crossing at an aisle intersection who has the right of way
1: oh boy let's say ideally there would be enough room in an aisle for the two people to to cross freely well but if you're crossing
0: at an intersection right so you're coming out of the you know uh Spaghetti aisle, <laughs> and then the person who's like walking down the main aisle that mm-hmm. crosses into them is coming. You know, like that kind of thing.
1: I would say that the person with the clearest view of where they're going has the right of way. Um, yes, I agree. So that if we're talking about a T intersection, where one of the carts is behind two shelves on either side, they need to stop and wait until it's clear. Because the person coming down the top of the aisles can't see that you're coming out.
0: Yes, I agree with you. I can't think of a clearer way to explain it either. But if you're coming down an aisle instead of across the aisles. Yeah, across the aisles says right away. You know what I mean. Okay. Um, This is from Kate. How many items is too many items to bring into self-checkout? Now, I'm assuming here, Kate, that they don't have a specific number listed. A lot of places will say like 12 right. or
1: less. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really up to you because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level. I hate the self-checkout. Oh,
0: yes. I love it. But it um, depends. Mm, okay. mm, mm,
1: I hate it. Uh, even for two or three items because, first of all, Please, I, I don't want to do that job. Somebody else do that job. I just want to stand here. Oh, but see, this is why. <laughs> and this, second, okay. second, I don't like the perceived pressure of now the the um, the speed of the transaction is on me, and then the people behind me in line are actively chomping at the bit. To get me off of that machine. So, Whereas if I go into a cashier's line, that's not my problem. They are going. The cashier is going as fast as they're gonna go, and I can just relax.
0: The difference between Teresa and I is that I am very bad at small talk, and I do not like it. And one of the places that that occurs and kind of affects me the most is grocery store checkout lines. So I do like the the self-checkout but here's what I will say to you Kate is I think that there are a couple of factors you have to keep in mind and one is how much you have like and that's what you're asking but like is it like 12 big things or like a hundred small things you know what I mean and I would say more than that how busy is the store
1: sure like, sure
0: that's the thing if there's a line of people for self-checkout that is not the time to do it. But I do think that. So, um, let me move to a question. Uh, okay, so this question is from Desiree. How do you feel about asking to cut in line at checkout if you only have one item? Right, that's why the self checkout
1: exists. Exists. That's why. Um, and as far as that goes, I think that it's again, it's this kind of like social dance that we have where it's perfectly acceptable to offer to someone you only have one thing go ahead of me whereas it's seen as a little kind of um i would say petulant impatient impatient yeah. there we go to ask someone if you can go ahead now again there are there are circumstances i know absolutely um, but that's just kind of like I said, the social dance of things. Um, I think that the the way that you you get around that is you can um, you can absolutely go ahead of someone if they offer it. But yes. unless you truly, truly must leave the store with this item now, you probably shouldn't ask. Well, that's the
0: thing. It's like once again, nine times out of ten kind of rule here where like you can ask and they might glare at you or whatever but you know I, I also will say if I was behind somebody and they were rolling up with like three grocery cards full of stuff for like a church potluck or whatever like mm-hmm. and I needed two things and it was the only line open I would definitely ask I would definitely be like hey do you mind because they're gonna say yes it'll take you three minutes to go through the checkout but you know it's that but if you have ten items and they have twelve items right. like none
1: um. And, and following back to the other question, I don't know if we ever truly answered it, but the answer is, unless there's a posted amount, as much as you can stand.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, within reason, like, oh, oh, but here is one important thing. and Maybe this is different other places, but I don't believe it is. You can't do alcohol to self-checkout. Just an important oh. thing to keep in mind so you don't get stuck there. And so that's kind of one of my rules is like if I have... A bunch of like dry good boxes where I'm just scanning things, but like if I have a cart full of like fresh produce where I'm gonna have to look up all yeah. the different codes, that's and another thing I don't like. Yeah, about and the self checkout, then, then that kind of slows it down. If I if I have anything in my cart where I'm like, this is gonna make it tricky for me to go through this, then I don't do it. Um, one last question here. This is uh from Emily. If I'm shopping. For deli meats slash cheeses, how many samples is an appropriate amount to try? And this, I'm I'm going to separate this into two because Emily, you could be asking they have samples like said on the plate, or I think I'm going to get that. Could I try a little bit of it before I buy it?
1: Right. Um. So as far as like the samples out on a plate, one sample per customer per per item. Yeah. Right. So if they have, you could take, if they have six different cheeses, you could take one of each cheese from the tray, right? Um, But as far as like tasting from like the deli, the deli worker, uh, usually that's because they ask you like how thick you want your, I don't know, your ham cut or whatever. Um, And they'll give you a sample size of the slice. I think that if you if you try it and you don't like it, you can try one more time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then, obviously, if you do like it, stop. <laughs> yeah, because <and> that- <laughs> that's what you should get and and not sample everything from the case just to find out that you like all of them.
0: And I think it's the same with cheese. Like, if you want to try, like a new kind of cheese and like, or someone said like, Hey, get some whatever. And you've never tried it before. And you want to like, say, would it be all right to try it? But yeah, one other one. Yeah. And then, and then just call it a day. Cause, I guess. This,
1: cause this is a grocery store, not a restaurant.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, so that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back next week. I promise. But I want to plug something from a completely different show. Well, first Go to com and we have some really cute, like, uh, Schmanners pins. Oh,
1: yeah, uh, designed
0: by Kate Leth and like t shirts and stuff. They're really cute and I really love them. They're the Hello Dear, Hello My Dove, uh, stuff. It's really great. But also, book two of the Adventure Zone graphic novel is, uh, up for pre order now. Woo-hoo! If you go to www.theadventurezonecomic.com, you can get it there. Also, we are creating a Macroy newsletter. Um, and it will have information about Schmanners and My Brother, My Brother, Me, Sawbones, uh, all those different things. And you can go to bit.ly slash Mail, all lowercase, M-A-I-L. Of course, I don't know if I need it. <laughs> Anyways, Macroymail, <laughs> Mail, bit.ly slash Mail. And speaking of Sawbones, the Sawbones book is available for purchase now. It's I have out.
1: read it. I did enjoy it. It's so
0: good. Very funny. Very cute. Uh, And very informative. You can go to bit.ly slash Sawbones book and get it there or just like search for it on Amazon or whatever. And listen, this is just a little personal uh, aside from me, your friend Travis. I'm so very proud of Justin and Sydney and Taylor for their work on this book. They have been working on it for, I don't know, forever and putting so much work into it. And I'm very proud of them. So please support them and go to bit.ly slash Sawbones book um what else Teresa
1: well as always we'd like to thank Brent Bruntelfloss Black for writing our theme music which is available as a ringtone where those are sold um also thank you to Kayla M. Wasso for our Twitter thumbnail art uh check out her portfolio and thank you to Keeley Weiss photography for the picture of the uh the banner picture banner cover there yeah. it is cover picture for our fan run Facebook group Schmanners Fanners which you should join there are a lot of really polite happy people on there Um, and before we forget go check out all the other amazing shows on
0: MaximumFun.org they're all great and I guarantee you will like them (laughs) Uh, so that's going to do it for us join us again next week
1: no RSVP required
0: you've been listening to Schmanners
1: Schmanners Schmanners get it